0: With this sport called pickleball taking the world by storm, we thought who better to talk to than the number one pickleball athlete in the world. If you've never heard of pickleball, here's a quick intro. Pickleball is a combination of tennis, badminton, and ping pong, and it is played on a court that is about one-third the size of a tennis court.
1: With the sport only being created 57 years ago, it's no small sport, with over 4 million active players. Now on to today's guest, Ben Johns, 24-year-old pickleball athlete who holds the number one spot. Let's get into it. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We're very, very excited to chat with you.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. course.
0: We were chatting before this, and we were saying, this might be a little bit of a selfish episode. Me and Josh have gotten addicted to the pickleball game ourselves, and so we were like, hey, we have the opportunity to interview the number one player in the world. We can't turn that down. So again, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us, Ben. Our goal is to really tell your story, talk about pickleball, talk about the game, continue to put it on the map, especially with Gen Z, because something we've noticed is when we go out to our local courts, the average age is probably like 65 plus. Yeah, and I love that. These, and I'm, sure, I'm sure you know this as well. These, these, these old people do not take it easy on us youngins. They have us running around the court. When you first went to a pickleball court, did you realize the same thing or no?
2: They take some special joy in beating you at first. That's that's for sure. <laughs> because most sports, you know, older people or really even the general cases, more unathletic people uh don't get to to beat athletic people at a sport very often. Um uh, but yeah, no, when I first started it was definitely much more so uh the case that it was primarily older people. And you know, what I what I've always said whenever I'm talking about pickleball is that it is not a sport for old people necessarily to catch on there first. It's really just that it's a sport for anyone and uh, really anyone can play it and enjoy it. Anyone can take it as far as they wish, whether it's just for fun or all the way up to, you know, becoming very good. It's just got a lot of, you know, that's that's what it really has primarily going for is that it's just so fun for literally everybody. It's a sport for everyone anyone can play. Uh, and that's what you know brings a lot of interesting people together whereas in most other sports it's kind of similar people which there's nothing wrong with that it's just different
1: definitely because that's why like yeah as we realize amateur pickleball is very um like elderly based like that's the, the main like age of the players is that the same with pro pickleball or have you realized more in pro pickleball now it's more <laughs> young people
2: yeah so two two things on that uh one yeah pro pickleball is high level enough to where you really can not older and compete on any reasonable level, um, in singles especially. So the average age in singles is is 20s for sure. Uh, there's not many guys above 30 still playing singles. Um, in doubles, you can get away with it a little bit more because you're covering less. There is um, one top 10 guy in his 40s, and he is like the only outlier. He's like 44, uh, and he's very good. Uh, but other than him, it's almost all guys below 35 uh, that are anywhere near the top. Yeah, so it's definitely like, you know, most sports, I think just about any professional sport is, you know, 20 to 35 is the general range you kind of get. And then another point on that is really that it's also geographical, uh, not just, you know, the level. Like, for instance, I live in Austin, average age playing here, which, to be fair, the average age in Austin is pretty low. But uh, the average age here playing, I'd say, is probably high 20s. And I think the national, national average has gotten down to high 30s now. Uh, Whereas when I started, I think the average was 60. So going from 60 to like 38, 39 average age playing in the course of probably five, six years, that's uh, pretty dramatic.
1: Yeah, no, that's crazy because with with the pickleball courts that we go play at um, in our hometown, I was talking with a lady who was playing there the other day and she said that a few months ago, she had never seen anybody there under the age of like 50 Um, and she'd been playing there for eight years. And then now recently over the last few months, she's seen it's become like pretty dominated with a lot of people in their twenties, even in their like early teens. Like there's so many young people playing now. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you think that makes other people feel like the older people feel in the sport that now it's becoming more young people dominated?
2: You know, I think for the, for the most part, it's pretty welcoming. What I've found predominantly in pickleball is that, People that play pickleball really want to spread, like, how much they love pickleball to other people, really, no matter where they're from, or what their age is, or what, you know, whatever their background is, uh, they just love that they get more people playing. It means more courts, more players, it's just, it's all awesome, it's all very healthy uh, in pickleball, which which is pretty awesome. And I feel like, uh, as going back to the younger people playing more thing, it's almost like it's come become like a... Hip modern cool thing to do. It's like, oh, if you don't play pickleball, you're, you're not cool. Uh, and, and you know, they combine it with like there's a lot of like beer gardens here where it'll be like beer garden, get a drink, play pickleball, like a casual setting almost as well. Um, so you can really put pickleball in so many different kind of settings and it just does really well. Almost like, uh, I, I make a parallel between ball and top golf, like that's the model that works a, a lot with pickleball. Um, so it's just really cool that, uh, younger people are kind of catching on like hey this sport is really fun it's easy the first day we can go play with our friends or our family like there's just so many it's so versatile basically um so really that's what i love about it
0: yeah it's awesome as we you know on the show we talk about our daily life and pickleball has become a part of our daily life at this point and we talk we talk to our audience <laughs> we're like listen if you guys are feel young and athletic and you want to get humbled just go out to your courts around 9 a.m <laughs> you'll fit in with the retirement crowd and there'll be an 80 year old who will just smash it on you yeah and from that point on you will never Ever have the same level of oh ego. yeah yeah you
2: know, miss miss betsy ann uh born in ni- 1918 is gonna smack you around you're not gonna feel good about it i promise you that
0: i think what's been so cool and it, this is this is interesting because you know gen z a lot of the time from older generations we're looked down upon we're entitled or we're lazy but i think what's been very interesting <laughs> is going out to these courts and talking with these older people i think as soon as they realize that like we're actually respectful to them you know like we introduce ourselves we can have a real conversation it's very interesting now we go there we're respected they're super nice to us in the beginning you know oh you're loved you're yes. adored they're yeah. just like oh you guys are so cute you can <laughs> yeah. and take a walk i know <laughs> i feel like i feel like a grandson or a, like every time i go there i'm like oh that's just my that's my third third grandma yeah. fourth grandpa over there I, we've we mm-hmm. really have
1: they're really... like oh
2: sup, Brad? what's <laughs> what's going on my guy literally <laughs> yeah. like we're on
1: we're on first name basis with most of these oh, people yeah. and yeah. it's like oh, it's yeah. amazing. Um, but it's also funny because as soon as you start playing pickleball they abuse the rule that if they hit you then they win the point yeah. and they love doing that <laughs> so they will just pelt, yeah. pelt you with a with a wiffle ball and it's not fun oh yeah it's, oh, very... it's,
2: it's completely viable it's it's unlike other sports again it, like that's against etiquette and tennis but yeah uh, pickleball it's completely viable i love it all right so before
0: we get too far into where you're right now i'm going to take it back a few te- steps so you're playing in college when do you first hear about pickleball? When's this first come into your world?
2: Yeah, so I first started pickleball in uh, like 2016, 17. Like I, I, I first played in twenty sixteen. I first started playing a lot in twenty seventeen, and I went to my freshman year in college was fall of twenty seventeen. So I was playing before I went to to school. Okay, um, and I knew by the time that I started going to school, like, hey, it's gonna. College my priority. Uh, it's going to take away from my pickleball time, but I still want to play. I still want to travel for tournaments. I'll do what I can, make it work. So I'd play probably two, three, four tournaments a semester for the first couple year or two. Um, but then pickleball basically just started picking up a lot. We got our first uh, pro tour mm. in 2020, and that was also COVID, of course, so that was kind of a slow year. But after COVID kind of stopped, which was like for the pro tour, they tournaments again in late 2020 and 2021 early 2021 uh and by then you know I was in my whatever junior year but junior year onwards, and I took five years to graduate I was I was so busy with with pickleball and school and just doing both I had so many tournaments I think the last full semester I had which was fall of uh fall of 22 was that right yeah probably fall of two uh I played like 10 tournaments during oh, one semester wow. so i was like barely even at, at the campus on um so yeah it, it was it's funny it just kind of got exponentially more and more my life and you know at yeah. first college was my priority um and i was like you know i'm gonna get a real job get a real degree all that stuff and then by the time like last year and uh in 2022 it's like oh yeah i i i am well aware that i am not going to be playing pickleball anymore <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i won't be I, I won't be uh pursuing a real job i'll only be playing pickleball. Only be play, it, yeah. um, as, as my job so it was uh it was an, an interesting change over the course of many years at school
1: yeah i can imagine um so did you realize that there is a lot of money opportunity in pickleball
2: you know uh, the first time I really realized more money coming into pickleball was probably in 2019 when I signed my first kind of not first endorsement deal but first major endorsement deal I signed with Franklin sports uh, paddle and clothes deal and that like what they were paying me I was like, okay that's decent money that's comparable to if I you know I added my pickleball winnings at tournaments and stuff that's comparable to whatever an engineering wage that I was gonna you know pursue if I hadn't uh, played pickleball. And that only kept going upwards. Like, the prize money kept going upwards. Then suddenly we were getting fees, and then sponsors were paying even more. And it's just like, by the time I graduated, I was like, it's a no-brainer. I can play pickleball, you know, right now. uh, And I always go back to a real job later, which there was not true. Uh, I'm getting paid great. I get to play a sport like who gets that experience. Not that many people. It's it's really fun. Like, there's really... There were no downsides to doing that, honestly.
0: That's awesome. So, it's interesting because... I think a lot of people and a lot of teenagers, especially, you know, every kid at one point wants to be a sports athlete in t- some type of sport. And, you know, you kind of look at it as it's the perfect job. You know, you get to train and you get to do what you love. Let me ask. I, I'm sure there has to be a sense of pressure as an independent ish athlete. You know, you're not necessarily on a, a big major sports team in the NFL or the NBA when it comes to the independent pressure. How does that compare to a job that's a little bit more comfortable?
2: You know, that's, uh, that's a great question, and a great point, because uh, I've actually talked about this with a couple people recently. It's like, you know, on some level, from the surface level, it seems like the life, right? Yeah. You, get to, uh, you get to be number one, you get to play a sport professionally, and this and that, and it seems like great. They're like, is, there's there's more to it in there. I was like, well, yeah, there actually is. Like there's a lot of pressure in in holding what you've achieved you know everyone loses it at some point like there is always a lost process what how no matter how good you are eventually somebody's going to be better than you because of just time right and you're basically trying to maintain that and every day you're out am i doing my best to to maintain that and if i'm not that that doesn't feel good at all right Mm -hmm. it's like i'm not working hard enough um so it's not really like you're worried exactly. It's more just like there is some pressure on you, and yes, pressure is a privilege, but also it can get wearing. It's it's mm. it's both for sure. Um, and then just the how the life works in general is it's a lot more of a job than people see. They're just like, oh, Definitely. you just go play tournaments, right? You, yeah. you just go play uh, a game. and I was like, well, <laughs> didn't see the you know the three hours of, of time I put in on court practice daily. That yeah. it's not fun in games. You know, it's it's putting in hard work and. You know, you're, you're literally having to think, okay, what do I need to practice? How do I practice that? If I'm not practicing, I'm, I'm being caught up to by other players, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, you know, you got your, your diet. You're always thinking literally 24-7, am I eating the right stuff? You know, am I doing my best in that capacity? Am I doing all the work I can in the gym? You know, there's so many aspects to it that off the court that – continue on uh, throughout your whole day. So you may not be working a traditional work day, but you are working in some sense at all hours of the day. For
0: sure. I think that's actually refreshing for people to hear because i think a lot of the time we see this painted picture on social media i mean if you were to just go look at ben's social media you're like oh he just won that tournament well he's working with that branch and it, it looks like the perfect life but to hear it straight from the source <laughs> of the number one player being like no no no, like you didn't actually see that work and yeah. i think we understand that people think we just sit behind a microphone and talk but it's like wait no we're working on that sponsor and you know we have to set up a studio and i think yeah. it, that's actually oh there's so
2: much more to yes, everything for sure. right there's more than meets the eye to you guys 100%. Uh, and that, that's through it with with so many things um but what i what i like to tell people more than anything that they start to relate to is it. it's just like bro always tired man <laughs> like i am always working so hard that at the end of the day i'm just like i just need to go to sleep i can't go out i can't do anything yeah. i'm just i'm wrecked right now uh and then i'm gonna you know wake up and do it again tomorrow to, yeah. to some people that would be the definition of torture so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah but for you you probably wouldn't trade it for anything right this is this is what you've wanted and exactly you no win. i'm
2: so grateful for it i i I do love it i enjoy it so much and yeah of course there's the the stuff that's difficult to it but it what's uh what's enjoyable you know it can't not be difficult it's enjoyable as well yeah yeah because
1: i know with a lot of people once they get to a certain level in their life once they get to like you once they get to the number one of where they can be i feel like that's when you can start getting bored with what you do because there's like there's (laughs) no really anywhere else you can go from that um but as you said you have to constantly keep working to make sure you stay at the top um, because there's people on the horizon. So right now, is there people that you feel like are coming towards that spot, coming to take that spot from you?
2: You know, uh, it's interesting because a lot of people bring up the boredom thing. And um, it, it's never really boring because you're always on the defense of, you know, your goal at first was to achieve whatever it is, number one. And then after that, you still have a continuing goal, which is like to improve as much as you possibly can. And you need to improve and adapt such that you hold on to what you have for as long as you can. That is a goal in of itself. Yeah. Now as for like other people pursuing you, there is always that mentality of everyone is out to kinda, you know, get you to catch up to you. Uh say it's ever like specific. Of course there's people that have potential to to be really good and, and beat you. Um and that's that's just part of the process. It's never like I'm just like, oh this guy, this this is the villain that I need to, you know, uh thwart. It's yeah. more just like I want to stay ahead of everybody. That's uh, so that's more the mentality. I I don't d- derive much out of, uh, you know, singling out anybody. It's more just like I want to stay ahead of the pack. Yeah, uh, so, I'm I like that. Of the
0: pack. Let me ask you this: Do you feel like there's anything that you're doing specifically day to day that's keeping an edge on your competitors?
2: Um, you know, I I think there's a lot of ways to do what we're doing. Um, so I'm sure everyone kind of tries to improve uniquely and that you have control over, and some is a little more intrinsic. So I find that a little more intrinsically, I've naturally been able to experiment a lot in a Mm. sport that's relatively new, well, very new, honestly, you know, it's just straight up new. Uh, You know, it's a sport where you don't have a bunch of people telling you, okay, this is the right thing to do, this is what you need to practice, don't do this. You know, we don't even have coaches in pickleball because – Nobody's been around long enough to really know what to do. Yeah. And the game changed to year in terms of strategy and what we're learning and strokes and technology and this and that. We don't even have like stats in pickleball really, like mm. mild stats at best. So I feel like in a Wild West kind of sport, that's where I thrive because I've figured out how to experiment with things and continue to improve and learn from other people. Uh, so I'd say it really comes down to staying ahead of people by being very experimental and willing to, to keep adding things and getting better. Whereas I feel they're a little more ingrained in, um, practicing what they know, hmm. uh, and getting better at what they know rather than finding new things. It's yeah.
0: Interesting. It's like with such innovative sport, you have to be innovating independently as an athlete. Cause That's it's exactly like exactly what it is. It's like, yes. when you think about it, like, a
2: lot more succinctly said by you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because it's like people the sport is so new and it's very rare that we see i feel like personally that we see a sport so new but also moving so fast yeah so it's like stuff that ben does now in five years who knows where the sport will be but he'll be the guy that paved the way because of what he's saying right now he's like you have to innovate with innovation in exactly
1: because yeah being being the number one athlete in the fastest growing sport in the world is gonna mean that you have a lot of like you'll be the one paving a lot of a lot of new development in pickleball, I feel like, and I feel like that can be a lot of pressure, um, but it's also something very exciting because you're like, if you created a new move now that nobody's done before, that yeah. becomes very popular. Ten years down the line, that could be something that every single pickleball player is making common practice. Yeah, it's and I think that's something that's really yeah, cool with a new that's sport.
2: 100, what happens? Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's like trickle down, right? Like one person does one thing, other people start to do it, and then it just trickles down to to you know everybody else, but. You are absolutely right in what you said that it is very rare that you get to be in a sport that is innovating as quickly as pickleball is and growing as quickly as it is. It's, it's really a privilege that you we even get to do that, like any of us, not even just professionally. Yeah. But how often do you see a sport like this that, that has grown like this as new as it is? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well,
0: it's, it's like I'm 17, so it's probably the first in my lifetime. And I, I, I mean, I can't think of any other sport in my lifetime that I've heard of, but is also already being played on a... On a professional level, but also isn't even 10 years, like, you know, to the public eye yeah. known. That's a crazy thing. So, with pickleball being so new, let me ask you this Do you see it being played in the 2024 Olympics?
2: Uh, so, I, I know a lot of people ask questions about the Olympics, and I think what they don't realize behind the scenes is uh, sports getting into the Olympics is a ton of b- oh, bureaucracy, yeah. like, way more than you'd think. Yeah. Uh, so, it's quite a process you with 100 certainty it will not be in 2024 okay and that the earliest it would possibly be is 2028 okay. which is la and the only reason it would be even that early is because the us is hosting it mm. and the host uh do what they call like um demos demo sports olympics or a, an exhibition sport i think they might call it i forget what the exact word is but basically the sport gets to introduce Uh, Either a new, uh, uh, the country gets to introduce either a new sport previously in the games and bring it back. So actually when Japan hosted it in Tokyo, I think they brought back baseball, Mm. though some people didn't know that baseball actually was not in the Olympics for, for some amount of years. I'm pretty sure that's right um so the u.s would have to do that for 2028 for pickleball but they'd have to do a bunch of things in that process that would need to start like now yeah I which see. is you need like a, a minimum number of countries playing with minimum participation and then you need to prove that that sport can be competitive I Meaning mm. the other countries need to have professional players and professional tours yeah i mean that, that
1: does make a lot of sense because you can't just have america being top dog like definitively like you'd need to have other other countries yeah, that like, can... oh here's a free 15 gold medals. Yeah. yeah literally <laughs> well not
0: only that you have to think about it like skateboarding was just introduced and that's been around a good amount of time yeah. skateboarding you know it's a little bit different because yeah. it's like hard to put on a competitive level but that's very interesting i i mean i, I you know you always think like okay right. the olympics is the highest level but you would never think yeah. it takes that much right Well, we'll crazy.
1: will we see if olympics is if it's in the olympics in, two, in um 2028 will we see ben johns for team usa
2: yeah i I think you would definitely see that it was 2036 we got a different story (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool yes
0: that's awesome i have to ask so i've been watching the ppa tour which is you know currently what you're competing in and i'm watching these live streams and i think it's very funny what's going on in the chat well you know what people are just chiming in with which what they think they know and i think a common theme i see is that it looks from the bald eye easier than it really is when you're there. What's your message to these types of people?
2: Yeah, yeah well, I, I guess it's kind of anonymous with uh, other sports too. In that you see it and you're like, ah, it's not that hard to do. And then you go out and try to do it, and you're oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh, I can never do that. <laughs> yeah, right? like you look at gymnasts doing the Olympics, and you're like, eh, yeah, yeah, I, I might be able to do <laughs> that. And and you get up there, and you're like, oh god, a pull up. This is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's the same phenomenon everything looks a little less impressive like that first i'd say you can go out and play and try to do it uh two you can compete against other people and you realize whenever you start competing it's a lot more difficult than it looks or third you can even just come to a tournament and watch it so if you like the number one thing i've been told by people that come to pro tournaments is like oh my gosh i didn't know it was this Mm. fast I, i never realized like up close that it's completely different than on tv
1: yeah
2: um yeah, it's really just—it's like anything. You have to be up close and personal to really understand the the speed behind it. But yes, I know it does look easy. My
0: my that opinion was shut down as soon as I got spiked on by the eighty year old. I was like, yeah, I couldn't compete uh, against exactly. anyone under eighty. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, literally, just go get smacked up by like your King local down Betsy and first. Yeah, because
1: <laughs> yeah. um, me and Knight and then one of our other friends, Ben, we were playing um a couple weeks ago. And we were playing with this random guy who seemed pretty good. We didn't really know who he was. He was like, so how? what level did you guys put yourself at? And we'd say, oh, we're probably pretty intermediate. We've been playing for a couple of months. We we fancy ourselves pretty well. Um, and then he just smoked us with some of the most insane moves I've ever seen. And, and he then wasn't after even the- pro. Yeah. And then after <laughs> the game um knight was like so would you put us a beginner and he was like yes you are very beginner and we're like oh wow we come to find out that he's a he's a pickleball coach so he's like he's been doing it for a long time and we're like the level between not even a pro player and us just playing is like it is unbelievable worlds apart worlds (laughs) apart so many worlds apart
2: yeah um so kind of from that i wanted to take it
1: back to kind of where you started training for pickleball i saw a video saying that Um, the reason why you have such an insane backhand and such a dominant backhand is because when you used to play ping pong, um, you would play at a table where there was a cabinet on your forehand side. (laughs) that would make it hard to hit a forehand, um, which kind of forced you to play with your backhand. Is that true?
2: (laughs) That is actually, yeah, that's actually true. Um, So it's just one of those funny background things. So first of all, anybody that plays pickleball, generally that's good, has a thorough background most commonly tennis uh which i also played a, a lot of uh but also sometimes it's table tennis or badminton or, or whatever racket sports just help you track the ball eye hand coordination a lot of a lot of things uh, i played t- tennis and table tennis so they both helped immensely especially the combination of the but the the backhand you are talking about yeah that's a true story so in my basement when i where i uh, grew up and i played with my brother many many hours there but I'd always play on one side of the table and he'd always play on the other. And there was a book in the way where normally if you're playing table tennis competitively, like at a good level, you are dominating with the forehand. You're hitting a ton of forehands from the left side of the table as a righty. Um, and I wasn't doing that because there was a bookcase in my way. I was hitting a lot more backhands than any table tennis player had any right to. uh uh-huh. Yes, it transferred very nicely to pickleball. So lucky me.
1: Yeah, that's great that you turned a like a downside of pickleball in the ba- or uh, table tennis in the basement to now being a signature move of yours in pickleball. I think that's something re- that's really cool. <laughs>
2: Yeah, one of those cool background things. Uh, yeah,
1: respect on the respect on the research
0: there. You get some yeah, research points there. I that, did. Was, that was impressive. Okay. So, back to me. I'm sitting at home and I'm watching this pro tour. I'm watching it live on YouTube. And you know, sometimes the mics aren't picking up what's being said at the net there. So, how much smack talk is really going on when you're playing at this pro level?
2: <laughs> Uh it can vary anywhere from nothing to, to quite a lot. Pickleball, Ball, you're actually so close to your opponent, uh, whereas like tennis you're not at all. You can you can say a lot more and they don't really have concrete rules for kind of what's okay and what's not. Mm. Um so yeah, it can get pretty it can get pretty chippy, uh especially with guys that don't like each other. Um the girls can get pretty catty with each other as well, mm-hmm. I'd say. Uh they have a little more contention, honestly on the women's side. Most of the guys have some mutual respect for each other and inviting for sure um i don't personally really engage in anything it's just not how i play uh i've never been how i play um but there's certainly guys that will engage in a good amount so do
0: you kind of just feed on it internally and then you know just hit them with a extra hot serve the next play after they after they were chipping up at the net
2: it's pretty rare that I will even get fired up from it. Um when it has, it's usually been like a don't poke the bear type of thing. Yeah. Honestly. So yeah, there is that factor that will will come alive. But more often than not, I actually enjoy just being entirely calm and just beating them anyway. So just like shoot, he didn't even care. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I think playing against someone who's stone cold is a little bit more intimidating than the guy that trips back at
1: you. Yeah, that's the difference between me and Knight. Knight is definitely a chirper on the court, and I'm definitely more of a (laughs) just like play the game and like just keep it to myself. Um, And it it creates a a very different match. It's very true. It's very true. (laughs) It definitely does. Um, So, yeah, we we know that we've been trying to talk with another um, pickle professional right now who's very impressive on the court um annalee waters we know that you've played with her a little bit um is it is it kind of cool to see more like very young people like her kind of start dominating the sport
2: yeah well she is certainly an anomaly she's extraordinary um it would be really cool to see a lot more uh younger players come in and see what they can do um but it's not like you find annalee waters every day like uh, there's young kids that that do try (laughs) most of them (laughs) don't have A ton of success, and Annalie has just had extraordinary success. She's been extremely dominant on the women's side.
0: All right, so I feel like every time I go on social media, I hear about another person buying a pickleball team. You have Mark Cuban, Gary Vee, Dude Perfect just bought a team. How is, how, with these entrepreneurs and celebrities buying teams, how is this affecting the sport?
2: Uh, Yeah, so mainly I'd say it just affects it in terms of public perception um pr publicity that that kind of thing it just gets people more engaged like the people that would never have tried before never given it a second thought just like yeah i heard about that whatever my grandma plays yeah uh you know then dude perfect has a team and you have this whole new audience that's like oh shoot Mm. dude perfect is in it okay i'll give it a try yeah right uh so so it's it's very about in in groups that otherwise would not have tried it because one thing you've got to say about basketball is when people try it they usually like it a lot. Yeah. So if you can get people to try it, you're in a great position with pickleball. So that's really what engaging these types have, has done. And there's a lot of different types, right? you got Brady, you got LeBron, so you got your athletes there. you got Dude Perfect, YouTuber. Um, you got Gary Vee and, uh, you know, all, all kinds of different stuff. Um, so you're definitely engaging a lot of different audiences there. And I think that's the, the primary thing. Now, do you see these guys literally at the events, like the team events? Not usually Gary Vee will show up, but you don't see LeBron. You don't see yeah. Tom Brady. Uh, and that's fine. I just think the the publicity is more the important part that gets new people trying the game.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So I think overall it seems like a good thing. I mean, it's probably I, – I'm mean, hearing it a few different times from all these different – like, you know, you, you just have so many mix. You're from the entrepreneurs to the athletes to the creators. Yeah. You're like, at some point, dude, you got to hop out on the courts and give it a shot, right? For sure. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and that's what we've been telling everybody. We've been telling everybody that Pickleball is the best sport you can play. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, is there any lost things that you'd I love have, to... I have one more question for you. You have another question? This just just, just just came up. Are you playing this weekend in the Newport,
0: Newport tournament? I will be there. Okay, all right, so this is my question, okay? You're about to go on to your championship game here. You got your earphones in. What song do you have blasting before you hop on the court?
2: <laughs> uh, so I gotta go with a classic. It's probably uh, Lose Yourself.
0: Okay. Classic. Okay. Classic. Valid. All right. Well, if Ben Johns takes the victory this weekend, we know what he was listening to before he hopped on the court. Ben, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. Maybe one day we'll run into you. We'll come out to a tournament. We'll get humbled once again. By now, someone a bit younger yeah. than
1: our usual crowd. Or we'll be the ones doing the humbling. That, you never know.
0: That, that will you not happen, know. but it's okay. <laughs> ben, thank you so much for joining us, you guys. If you want to follow what Ben's doing, his be the first links in the description. If you want to talk about the tournaments that we're watching, I'm going to drop also the live stream link in the, in the description. You guys can check it out. If you really want to go try the sport and learn it firsthand and get humbled, go out to your yeah. local courts. I'm pretty sure you can find one near
1: you. Yeah, Go get one of the Ben John's jeweler paddles. Bam. Thing. um go go go, go rep <laughs> the brown. Y- yola <laughs> oh is it yola i know. my bad yeah. go no, get one okay. of the everyone, yola panels. everyone
2: says everyone says do <laughs> awesome
1: yeah cool. um well if you guys have enjoyed this episode please make sure to download this episode on all audio platforms and if you're watching on youtube please make sure to like the video hit the subscribe button leave a comment uh and that is a wrap that's a wrap